this is Kelani Williams, and you are listening to Moderation. What's up, guys? I'm back with another episode of Moderation. I hope you guys have all had a good week. This week has gone by a bit slower than expected for me. Not gonna lie, I don't think I've gone this long without going on a trip in a long time. I think it's time for me to leave again, honestly. If you haven't had the chance to go listen to last week's episode, make sure you go listen to that before starting this. Last week's episode was about our relationships with ourselves. As Valentine's Day is today, I figured we could take this week's episode to talk about romantic relationships. In this episode, I will not be telling you how to get a boyfriend or girlfriend. That's what you're here for. I'm sorry to disappoint. It's been a while for me, so if any of you guys have any suggestions, let me know. Matter of fact, I was talking to a couple of friends the other day about how there's always been a time in my life I can remember liking someone or having a crush on someone from afar or talking to someone or dating someone and for the past like two months I've not had any of these feelings. Like not even an inkling of interest in any guy right now. It's kind of boring. So yeah, I will definitely not be advising on how to get a boyfriend. Today, we will be taking a different approach to talking about relationships. As I don't have much insight in regards to being in a relationship, I can provide insight on how to prepare for a relationship and maybe, for some, how to improve your relationships. After all, your relationships with others start with yourself. Picking up where we left off last week, we talked about four ways we can improve the relationship we have with ourselves, focusing on areas within mental health, physical health, creative health, and environmental health. If you are consistently working to keep these areas healthy, you will be in a good spot if you are single or even if you just got out of a relationship. I think the biggest thing to realize about relationships is that a lot of it involves emotional health. Some things will not make any logical sense and you just have to go with how you feel and relationships are one of those things. The first thing we can do to put ourselves in a better position for other relationships is to evaluate and adjust our communication. This can go two ways. We need to be aware of the way we speak to ourselves because that often reflects how we speak to others. We can't be calling ourselves dumb or ugly or mean or anything like that and not expect for others to think of us in that regard as well. The second you talk to yourself in a displeasing manner, That gives those around you the permission to do the same and allows them to look at you with that filter. How can we practice better communication? A great way to start better communication with yourself is with affirmations. I don't believe it has to be standing in front of a mirror repeating positive phrases to yourself. For me, affirmations are usually in the form of a guided meditation where someone is repeating a list of generic positive reinforcements and I'm repeating them in my head. Sometimes I'll be on a walk and when I breathe in, I'll think about all of my negative feelings or thoughts and on the breath out, I think about emanating all of my positive thoughts and feelings. By the end of the walk, I feel so much better. Affirmations can be done in an assortment of ways and that's the beauty of it. Do what works for you. Another way to improve communication with yourself is changing your verbiage. Remove the fear-based language from your vocabulary, especially the phrase I can't. I can't is a disabling, laziness-inducing phrase that will hold you back from anything and everything you could ever hope to accomplish. Stop saying it. Be more truthful when wanting to use this phrase and maybe substitute with I won't or I'm not capable. Doing so will clarify your intentions and will also give you a better idea of what you actually are capable of doing and what you just choose to not make a priority. People flock to those who are honest with their words. Another point to note is we should take this practice into consideration when it comes to expressing our feelings as well. 
For instance, if you are severely upset and someone takes the time to ask if you're okay or if you need anything, don't dismiss the opportunity to feel your feelings by saying you're fine. Faking it until you make it is great if you can truly believe and put yourself in a better state. But sometimes our feelings can be so extreme that we need to give ourselves the time and space to feel them and rationalize them. Dismissing them when interacting with others gives them the permission to dismiss your feelings as well. Feel your feelings. This leads me to the second practice we can incorporate to put ourselves in a better position for relationships. The second point is increasing your self-esteem. I think self-esteem is dependent upon two different things, your outward appearance and your inward appearance. Inward appearance consists of your feelings and self-perception. This is where that unconditional love from last episode comes into play. If we can unconditionally love ourselves mentally, meaning having a genuine appreciation for our creativity, our feelings, our perspective, and capabilities, then our inward self-esteem is high. This corresponds with our outward self-esteem, which is made up of our physical and environmental health. When we can radiate with high self-esteem within our thoughts, it will automatically translate into our actions. High self-esteem outward looks like a well-kept physical appearance. It's maintaining care for a healthy body. This includes things like movement, diet, posture, and how we present ourselves. The cool thing about self-esteem is you can leverage the outward or inward to improve the state of the opposite. Say, for instance, you haven't been feeling confident in yourself lately and you decide to go get your nails done or your hair cut. Doing something that you know makes you confident will put you into a confident state of mind. Be wary of this and use this tactic in moderation because sometimes you may find yourself excusing reckless behavior as a confidence booster. The third way we can improve our emotional health and put ourselves in a great position for our relationship or strengthen our relationships is working through and discarding baggage. Baggage can range from things like grudges towards people who have hurt your feelings to cards you've received from an ex that you've hung on to. It can be anything really that you're holding on to. These things prevent you from furthering your relationships or moving on to forming new relationships because it's tying you down to a state of mind that no longer supports your current opportunities or environment. What happens when you hang on to baggage while in pursuit of moving forward is it comes back to bite you. You end up projecting that baggage on current circumstances and situations and you end up having to deal with it under much dire conditions. Let's say, for instance, the biggest reason that played into your most recent breakup was the fact that the other person was cheating on you. If you don't take the time to deal with that after the breakup and get to a point where you can accept what happened to be an experience without holding any feelings for that, then you're most likely going to project distrust into your next relationship. You might be thinking that's a lot easier said than done, and yes, I definitely agree. I do think that there are two things to incorporate to help deal with and discard your baggage that will ensure a clean start to your next relationship. Those two things would be time and space. After breakups, whether that's with friends, significant others, or family, you need to allow yourself the time and space to understand and dissect how you perceive that experience. Don't limit the time it takes to heal to societal checkpoints like ring by spring or marriage the year you get back from your mission. Be generous with the time you allow yourself to heal and it will help you put your best foot forward when going into your next relationship. The same goes for space. Be generous to yourself and those you're surrounded by and give space. Space so you don't project your perception and reactive feelings onto those around you. Space so you can rationalize the situation and see where the other person was coming from. Space so you can recognize that you are not what happens to you. Time and space are absolutely necessary when it comes to dropping your baggage. After allowing yourself to step back and adequately react to previous action, you're able to begin to move forward. 
So the next step to putting yourself in a healthy position to be ready for what's to come is finding healthy ways to cope with what happened. The time and space should bring clarity to what systems you can utilize to reprogram the unhealthy reactions. For some, maybe it's finding an outlet for their anger like boxing or working out. For others, maybe it's finding foundational friendships outside of relationships. Others, it may be things like journaling or painting. It differs for everyone, but it's a necessary step in moving forward. Let's take that instance with the cheating ex, for example. If one were to adequately take the time and space to figure out that there may be trust issues there, they may find that maybe their way of rewriting that reaction is building healthy platonic relationships outside of being in a relationship. So when they are in one, they can understand that their significant other is probably just hanging out with their friends when they say they are, rather than project that distrust on them. Finding ways to cope can be a hard feat for some because it means that you're probably going to have to do something you've never done before. One way to encourage yourself to find healthy ways to cope is to be open to trying new things or participating in new experiences. Don't necessarily be a yes man, but don't turn everything down because your default is comfortability. Once you're in a more comfortable position after having found ways to deal with the emotions that come up reactively from past experiences, you'll find you have a lot more space and patience for the relationships already in your life. When you get to that point, it's important to treat those relationships as opportunities to practice. Practice for your next relationship by investing in the relationships you have now. There are a few practices I can suggest to everyone to incorporate into their platonic relationships that will come to pay off in their romantic relationships. The first is to learn and implement love languages. I've done an entire episode based around love languages because I really do believe that they are effective within relationships. Learn your love languages, how you give and how you receive, and make the effort to learn the love languages of those around you. When you do so, you'll feel more trusting, reliable, genuine connections, and so will the other person. If you have not listened to my love languages episode, go listen right after this one. It's called I Love You as a Friend. The next practice I can recommend is when communicating to someone. Practice listening to understand instead of listening to respond. The people around you will find you to be more dependable and more relatable if you actively listen to them. And you may even find that you gain valuable insight by just listening rather than letting your mind wander to ways you can respond to what they're saying. This will pay off if you take time to start practicing now. The last practice I can recommend incorporating stems from a book called Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. The book recognizes the idea that if a man is bringing something up as a concern or is asking a question, it's usually because they actually need help or insight. Whereas when a woman brings up a concern or question, a lot of times it's just to rant or is thinking out loud. The practice to incorporate is when this comes up, start asking what the other person needs. Do they need someone to listen to them or do they need advice on what to do? Merely asking the question can save a lot of arguments because at the end of the day, assuming makes an ass of you and me. The last thing that I think can help you prepare for any future relationships is changing your reactivity. When an interaction with someone is distasteful, don't react right away. Go back to giving yourself the time and space to react in a respectful way. I'm one of those people who encourage going to bed even if you are mad at someone. When you react immediately, you're basically reacting from a fight or flight instinct. That may cause you to make rash remarks or decisions that have rash consequences later on. Changing your reactivity from being immediate to reacting after processing can completely change the effects of certain interactions. 
on the flip side, if you're experiencing something that invites feelings of gratitude or happiness or any positive feeling in general, be quick to share that with others. Let them know that they've invited these feelings and that you can appreciate that. Be hearty in your approbation and lavish in your praise. So, let's recap the different ways we can prepare for future relationships and strengthen the ones we have now. First, evaluate and adjust our communication. It starts with ourselves and translates outwards. Second, increase your self-esteem. Start inward and use affirmations to alter and heighten your self-perception and let it follow outward in your physical appearances. You look good, you feel good. You feel good, you look good. Third, discard your baggage. Do so by allowing yourself time and space after breakups. Four, find healthy ways to cope. Be open to trying new things and don't default to comfortability. Five, treat your current relationships as opportunities to practice. Practice acting out of the understanding of love languages. Practice listening to understand and not to respond. And practice asking if a person needs to vent or if they need advice. Six, change your reactivity. Take your time to react to difficult emotions. Be quick to acknowledge and appreciate the easy, positive, good emotions. Do you guys like how I turned an episode from how to prepare for future relationships to basically how to get the most out of singlehood? Just kidding. But I do believe that making the effort to engage in these practices and incorporate them into your life now will put you in a better position to be in a relationship. And if you already are in one, it can certainly strengthen the one you're in now. Again, if you haven't already listened to the Love Languages episode, I mean, even if you have, it doesn't hurt to have a reminder here and there. Go listen to it. That's all I have for you guys today. I know it was a bit of a shorter episode, but I'll be straight. Romantic relationships are not really something I can deeply advise on at this point, so I gave what I had to give for this episode. Per usual, if you enjoyed or found value in this episode, please rate it and share it. I hope you all have a very sweet Valentine's Day, and I'll be back next week with a new episode of Moderation.